Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our contemporary worship service. We are so glad to have you all this morning. I am Pastor Jill, and we'll hear from Pastor Nicole in a little bit as she gives us the message this morning. We also have a family here for a baptism, so we'll hear about that in a little bit as well. We invite you to make sure to sign up on your connection card or fill that out for us. You'll have a chance to put that in the basket up here in just a little while when we come up for communion. And now I invite you to stand as we begin our worship together. of the peace with one another. You can fist bump, you can wave high, you can shake hands, whatever you're more comfortable with, but welcome and greet one another this morning. This next song 
Christ is plentiful, but the laborers few. you to be seated and we have a number of wonderful opportunities for you to be part of the harvest and to go out and let others know about the good news of Christ so we have a few things that you might get involved in here at Noblesville first over the coming weeks and so we want to take a moment to let you know about some of those 
The first isn't overly exciting. It's about our parking lot. Sorry. <laughs> our parking lot is um, underway for new paving, as you may have seen when you pulled in. Um, next week, just to let you know that there are two days that uh, we will need to make sure that we are aware of that and parking, especially for our preschool families. So if you are in the building uh, or need to be in the building, next week it is, uh, I had the slide up. Oh, there we go. It's not showing up on that one. I apologize. September 14th and 15th, especially around 9 o'clock in the morning, if you can try to delay your coming to church if you need to or uh, make sure that you are aware so we can make sure to respect our preschool in that space. So that's coming up. Second, we have our respite night coming up, and that will be on uh, the 17th from 6 to 9, and we need volunteers. If you're interested in signing up for this, it would be a great way to serve our community, especially for those families with children who have disabilities, or if you know of someone who might benefit from a respite as we are able to have fun with our kiddos here at the church. There's an opportunity for you as well. More details are on our church website, so sign up or um, get more information about that. Third, we are having a Grow and Go Expo coming up on the 25th. That is a Sunday, so we invite you all as 11 o'clock people uh, to come a little earlier that day. We're going to have tables or booths set up up in the narthex by the main sanctuary and this will be an opportunity for you to get plugged in somewhere if you are not already. We're launching life groups. We're going to have opportunities for worship, for opportunities to serve, all of those ways that you are thinking, I want to get more involved, but I don't know quite how or what to, to do. Show up for our Grow and Go Expo, and I know there is something for each of you to get involved with here at Nobles of First. And finally, we are having a line dancing event. Who likes to line dance? Or maybe you want to learn. Here is a chance to get out those cowboy boots you've been wanting to wear. I know I have several pairs. And line dance for a good cause. This is something that our women's group is sponsoring. Um, their donations will go to mission and ministries that United Women of Faith are involved with. And it's going to be a really fun night. So get out your cowboy boots and plan to join us for uh, stepping up to help. And, of course, there are many, many other ways that you can get involved. So we hope that you'll take a time to go to our Next Steps graphic on our website and note what's on there. And we look forward to the ways you will plug in. And now, the moment we've been waiting for, we're going to invite our family up and we will have our baptism of Palmer. Pastor Nicole, is your mic working? Is that going to be? Can you hear me now? Perfect. All righty. So this is the Wise family, and they've been attending church for several years now. Yeah, a couple years now. Jackson is in our preschool, and we baptized him. It was during COVID out at Teeter, <laughs> two years ago now. Um, Pastor Jerry and I were a part of that, and uh, it was one of the baptisms we did during COVID, so that was a learning experience for all of us. And now they have Palmer, who they're bringing forward for baptism this morning. And, it's, and Nicole said you can ooh and ah uh, at, at, at this family, beautiful family. We're glad to have you all with us as part of our church and glad to celebrate this with you today. So baptism is a moment in the Christian community when we recognize the grace of God living in each person and we celebrate God's amazing love for us. It is an outward and visible sign of the grace of Jesus Christ, an initiation to the fellowship of the church, and a permanent watermark upon our lives, reminding us that we are God's children. Today we are also reminded that our Lord has expressively given to children a place among the people of God. We remember how Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them or their sippy cups or their goldfish, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Right, Jackson? So it is that Jill and Evan bring Palmer into this community today to be baptized. 
and a covenant is vital to relationships with God and to one another. So today we state the responsibilities of parents, grandparents, godparents, and community to Palmer, to God and Palmer. So Jill and Evan, I ask you now to affirm your covenant with God and with your children. Do you acknowledge Palmer's need for nurture in a Christian community of caring and concerned people that she may explore the dynamics of a God who created and loves her? If so, say we do. Do you promise to bring Palmer into the life of the Christian community to worship, to hear the story of the roots of faith, to be called into response to the gospel, and to be in relationship with other believers as she grows into their own choice of faith in God? If so, say we do. And to the special people in the lives of Palmer, we ask you now to affirm your covenant with God with these parents and this child. We recognize that there are many people who touch the lives of our children beyond their parents. So do you as grandparents, godparents, and friends covenant to give your time and yourselves to Palmer, providing her with further opportunities to explore her growing experience of God and herself? So say we do. And do you promise this day to share your faith story with her and walk her in the ways of Jesus? So say we do. Now, as a renewed testimony of your faith, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to all persons? Jill and Evan, please respond by saying, we do. Do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, respond, we do. And will you nurture Palmer in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself and to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If so, please respond by saying, we will. Now I ask this family of faith, will you promise to give this family and Palmer your support, your support rather, as they grow in God's grace? If so, respond with, we do. And do you offer yourselves as ones who will take Palmer into your love, your prayers, your daily lives, and strive to build a community that is rich in the spirit of God in which she may be nurtured. If so, respond with, we do. And now we'll have an opportunity to pray over the water that will be used as we begin our preparation for baptism. So God, your love has been with Palmer ever since she was given the gift of life. Be with her now and with this family of faith through the years to come, blessing their lives and that they may grow in love for you. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. So God, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and Palmer who receives it today, that she may be clothed in righteousness throughout her life. Amen. Amen. Notice that Pastor Nicole poured in a little bit of holy water this morning from the Jordan River, and we have blessed our water, and so we'll see how Miss Palmer does as I'm going to try <laughs> to take her. You going to come to me? The goldfish are going to be baptized, too. <laughs> and what name have you given this child? Palmer Lee Wise. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, cool. We're going to take a little walk. Are you okay with that? And Pastor Nicole's going to come with us, too? <laughs> I'm actually wanting to know if Jackson would hang out with Otherwise occupied. Okay. <laughs> so say hi to everybody. Hi. 
to God for Palmer and her family. Welcome. And they'll have a gift and the baptism certificate. to join me in the unison prayer, which you'll see on our screens as we prepare to hear God's message for our hearts and souls today. 
God of truth and wisdom, send us your Holy Spirit as we listen to your word. Refresh our understanding and equip us to respond to you in love. For the sake of Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians. This is the second installment in the worship series that we began last week called Faith to Table, where we're taking a deep dive into some of the harvest scriptures throughout the text and listening anew for those lessons that God may have for our harvest today. Listen to the words that Paul writes to the people at Corinth at 1 Corinthians 3, beginning at verse 3 and ending at verse 8. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What after all is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to preach from the theme this morning, play your part. Play your part. Paul, when the science fair rolled around this time last year, my 10-year-old son brought me his big and bright project idea. He said he wanted to make a quantum superposition simulation machine. Have you ever heard of that? Me either. It's, it's a machine that was developed at Cambridge University and allows for molecules to be in two places at once. Now, I talked him out of it by reminding him that we did not have the state-of-the-art research and development equipment of Cambridge University. But now I regret it because it would have been really helpful to know how to be two places in one last week. You see, last Wednesday afternoon, I received a, a panicked text message from my mother sharing that my 92-year-old grandmother, Eliza Jean Davis, better known as Jean, was declining rapidly. My mother issued this call for help in our family text thread and it included a bit of a warning that we may not have much time with her left. This was a hard message to read because my grandmother has had an immeasurable impact on my life. She is the consummate picture of grace in motion. She is a master memory maker and she is a high priestess of the culinary arts. You see, there has never been a room that I have entered into where she has not shouted out loud, you are so beautiful, quickly followed by, because you look like me. <laughs> and thinking for a moment of a world without her in it, I felt this twinge of grief, quickly followed by a barrage of rapid-fire questions. What does she need? How soon can I get there? Should I bring the kids? Who will take the dog? Is this really the end? How much time do we have with her? Oh, and what about Sunday morning? I quickly remembered that last Sunday was Communion Sunday, that we were kicking off a brand-new worship series, and I was scheduled to preach, not at one, but all three services. Where was the quantum superposition simulation machine when you needed it? My grief quickly moved to panic. What was I going to do? How was I going to handle these competing responsibilities? And before I could wrap my mind around all of these questions, I came to one clear answer. We can't do ministry 
by ourselves. You see, for a moment, I forgot that I was not called to island of one United Methodist Church, where there's only one preacher or one pastor or one communion server. No, God called me to be a part of a whole where there is not one, but many. A whole team of people, musicians and preachers and singers and volunteers, disciples, teachers and servants who are willing and able to serve our congregation together. And thank God for that. Because if it were just dependent upon me, church would fall apart. I pass out after standing too long, so I'd be a really unreliable usher. I lose key the longer that I sing, so I would be a horrible member of the praise band. And I have it on the authority of all three of my children that when I pray, they always wish it would have ended sooner. <laughs> Why am I sharing this this morning? Because we forget. I forgot this in my moment of panic last Wednesday. And the people of Corinth forgot it in our scripture today. For when we interrupt Paul in the third chapter of his letter to the Corinthians, he is trying to remind the people just how much they need one another. You see, several years earlier, Paul was dispatched to this island city or this coastal city in Greece and sent there to plant and build a church. And he began preaching and baptizing and growing the church until God called him to plant another one somewhere else. He was then followed by a church leader named Apollos, who was also a gifted teacher and preacher and only furthered the growth of the church. Yet over time, the people have forgotten. They've forgotten that Paul's planting of the church was vital in getting it started. And that Apollos' watering of the church was vital in keeping it going. And instead of celebrating both leaders' contributions to the church, they valued one over the other, creating division and discord in the process. And so Paul seeks to remind them and us today that no one person's role is more important than another. We not only need each other in ministry, but the role that each of us play is invaluable. There's no part that's more significant or more important, but each role makes a difference. Now, I've learned that not only from reading the third chapter of Corinthians, but I've also learned that while cooking. You'll remember me sharing that my grandmother is a high priestess of the culinary arts. And I believe she got this from being raised on a farm in Dalton, Georgia, where everything that was brought to their table was either grown in the fields or caught in the stream. She knows how to prepare a chicken from scratch. I'm talking feathers. She knows how to marinate pork and honey and spices for roasting and... She knows how to fry shrimp that would make you slap your mother, your grandmother, and your great-grandmother, too. But, but here is the real piece resistance, her coconut cake. Now, I don't even like coconut. I don't drink coconut water. I don't eat coconut cookies, but I eat her coconut cake. Because when she places it on the table, delicious and decadent and perfectly flavored, it overrides even my dissenting taste buds. I love this cake so much that I wanted to flex my kitchen skills when I was newly married. So I told my husband to sit down and wait. I was going to present this perfectly cooked coconut cake. I bought all 22 items on my grandmother's recipe card. I, I followed each and every step, and then I placed this coconut cake right in the center. I poured extra large glasses of milk. I knew he would want so many slices, so I just wanted to keep him hydrated. And then I cut two huge slices. 
we each took our first bite, began to close our eyes and chew, and then spit them out. I ran into the kitchen looking over the recipe. I I had added uh, all of the ingredients. I had added the baking powder. I had added the sweet cream. I had added the coconut milk. But I had forgotten the two cups of sugar. And without the sugar, a coconut cake tastes like cardboard mixed with regret. It didn't matter that I had all the other ingredients. I still needed that one. And that's all that Paul was trying to teach the people in Corinth and each of us today. We need all of the ingredients. We need each and every role. And one is not more significant than the other. The salt is not more important than the sugar. The planter is not more important than the waterer. We need every Paul and every Apollos because without it, we're not able to create the harvest that God has called each of us to be a part of. And so the question is not really whether we are team Paul or team Apollos. The question is whether we are on the team. Are you playing your part today in our shared ministry? Are you serving on a team? Are you growing through a class, a life group, or Bible study? Are you giving to our ministry? Are you playing your part? Before you answer this question, I want you to consider that there are two features of playing your part in God's harvest. And the first is that when we play our part, we may never see the finished product. You see, when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, scholars estimate that it could have been anywhere from five to ten years since he had seen these people in person. And since Paul's departure, it's likely that there are members of the church who weren't even born when he was there. Members of the choir whose voices he's never heard or ushers that never saw him walk through the door. Paul planted these seeds of faith, but he never saw many of them grow. Because here it is, when we play our part in God's harvest, we may never see the finished product. We may never see things take root. We may never see the leaves sprout up. We may never see the first fruits. But we still have to be willing to sow seeds in a harvest we may never reap. And this is hard. This this is hard for us to do because we live in a world where we ask not, what will this reap after me? But instead, what will this reap for me right now? We live in a world that seeks a quick return, instant gratification, and benefits that are immediate. But the work of God is not like that. It takes days, months, or even years. It's slow going, deeply rooted, and connected to the faithful care of many people over time. Let me see if I can make this a bit more plain. Have you ever heard of the term food desert? That's a a description of a place where there's no viable grocery stores with fresh fruits and vegetables within city limits. It's also a description of the first city that my husband and I were sent to serve as pastors in southern New Jersey, Atlantic City. My husband was appointed as the lead pastor of a teeny tiny little congregation called Hamilton Memorial. You could not fit more than 100 people packed in like sardines in the sanctuary. And the district superintendent told him that this was more of a caretaking role as they didn't expect for the church to grow and thrive. But one Sunday morning, Javon couldn't help but notice this patch of land next to the church where there were wildflowers growing. And God planted this seed of possibility that maybe something else could grow in this food desert too. 
He got a group of volunteers and leaders together, and we started to vision around raising up garden beds so that we could produce fruit and vegetables to feed those in need in this food desert. But then that seed was planted in a restaurant owner who heard what was happening in this little church on the corner, and she decided that she would donate all of the fruit and vegetable needed to get things started. That seed was then planted in a city councilman who went to the city council and convinced them to give us this piece of land completely free. This seed was then planted in an architecture firm which designed a green space that didn't just have one or two raised garden beds, but many, as well as picnic tables and an outdoor amphitheater for families and community members to join. This then planted a seed in a group of artists who offered their gifts to design a mural, a mural that wouldn't showcase the decline of our city and church, but a picture of a city growing and revitalizing. We were so excited. We had all of our plans. We were so grateful that God was planting a new harvest in our church and in our community, and then we got a phone call. The district superintendent informed us that Javon had been reassigned to a much larger congregation in northern New Jersey. And we would leave before we ever saw the first harvest. And at first we were heartbroken because it's a natural desire to want to see the fruit of our labor. But here's the hard truth. It was never ours. And it's not yours either. Sure, we play a part. But as Paul reminds the Corinthians and us today, he planted, Apollos watered, but only God could give the growth. When we look back over our plan that started as just a few raised garden beds, we realize that only God could plant a seed in a restaurant owner. Only God could plant a seed in a construction company to design an amphitheater. Only God could convince a city council to give us a piece of land in one of the most landlocked and expensive states in the United States. And only God could bring artists and musicians who would then share their gifts with the community. We may have planted, we may have even watered, but it was nothing compared to the growth that only God can provide. And this is both a challenge and a comfort. It's a challenge because it requires us to trust in a harvest that we may never see. And it's a comfort because of who we trust it to. A God who takes those seeds and grows it into something more abundant, more impactful, more fruitful than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So what is God calling us to today? To play our part. To keep planting, to keep watering, and working together while trusting in the only one who can give us growth. May you find and play your part today. Won't you pray with me? Creator God, we are so grateful that you call us to work in your field, to be planters and waterers, to use the gifts that you have given us to serve your people. We're grateful, oh God, that we can trust you with what we plant. That you are a God of abundance, a God of plenty, a God who is able to do above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And so we pray that you would help us to plant new seeds that you would help us to work with one another and that together 
we may grow not only in our faith, but in our service to our community. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are mindful that before Jesus sent out his disciples into the harvest, he equipped them. They were scared, a lot of them. They didn't know what to do. But he gathered them at a table before that and said, life's not going to be easy, but I will give you this gift that you will continue on to be my hands and feet in this world. And so we are privileged today to take communion together, to gather at this table and be called together so that we can then go out and be laborers for the harvest. So we remember the night that Jesus gave himself up for us. He shared that special meal with his friends. And at that meal, he simply took bread. He gave thanks to God. He blessed it. And then he broke it. And he gave it to them and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God. He blessed it. And then he passed it to his friends. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon each of us gathered here today and on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ. That when we come to the table, we meet Christ face to face. We receive these gifts. And then as we leave this place, we are equipped to be laborers for your harvest, to play our part, and to figure out where we can best serve you in all that we say and do. We're also mindful this is a gift that we can come together and receive these gifts. And we remember that Jesus taught his disciples to pray a prayer together that we continue to say to this day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power glory forever. Amen. We invite you to receive today Holy Communion, and you do not have to be a member of this congregation or any congregation. We believe in an open table. So come, open your heart to receive these gifts of grace and mercy given to each of us. As you come forward today, feel free to drop your connection card or any offering that you might have in this basket. We have gluten-free communion if you need that. Regular communion is here. Simply peel off the top layer and the wafer will be there and then the juice is underneath. Also feel free to spend some time in prayer on the railing. Light a candle if you feel led. This is your time to connect with God and with one another. The table is open.
worship today. On this rainy Sunday morning, it's our prayer that your soul was refreshed. That with this experience of worship, you are now equipped to go out and to plant more seeds, to water more faith, and to help a harvest grow not only in our congregation, but on your workplaces, at your children's schools, in your neighborhood, wherever you are, that you might play your part. We're grateful that you worshiped with us today. And it's our prayer that you go out ready to be a blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I was chasing that 